0: Hello, and welcome back to season three of That's My Jamstack. It's amazing that we've been going this long. I know it's been quite a bit since our last episode, but to jog your memories, That's My Jamstack is the podcast that asks that time-honored and tested question, what is your jam in the jam Stack, I'm your host, Brian Robinson, and we've got a lot of great guests lined up for this season. So without further ado, let's dive in. On today's episode, we talk with Sean C. Davis. Sean is a passionate tinkerer and teacher. He's currently working as a developer experience engineer at Stackbit. All right, Sean. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and talking with us today. Thanks for having me, Brian. Excited to be here. Awesome. So, First and foremost, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do for work, and what do you do for fun outside of work?
1: Well, for for work, I, I'm currently the developer experience engineer for Stackbit. I've been in the web development space for a, about a decade or so. The first nine years, were all in agency space, building agency, freelancing, building websites for folks, and uh, just this last year, took a shift into the product space, and um uh, spending some time with Stackbit and that's, that's been, so that's super exciting. That's what I've been doing every day. And I'm I'm sure we'll, we'll dig into that a bit yeah. um, for fun on the side. Well, I feel like I'm, I'm the, I'm the classic developer in the sense that there's always some, there's always some technical thing that's happening on the side. Uh, right now that thing is uh, it's, it's my personal site. I've had, I've had a couple of different blogs that I've maintained over the years and Um, within the last two years or so, I've been trying to focus that content, bringing it all into my personal site, but right now it's still kind of just like, a it's just a, it's a blog. Most, most folks who come there Googled some problem, they get the solution and it serves those folks really well. But, um, I'm in this transition of trying to make it more of a, a learning hub. So that's, that's kind of the side project now. Um, but that's, but it's still like, it's fun, but it's still, I don't know, it's work. It's still being a, a developer. <laughs> um, so like the, the other part of me, um, I've got two little kids at home and like a lot of folks, uh, when the pandemic hit kind of focused a lot of energy and attention into the home. So it's various projects around the house or, um, like, like many people, I am part of the reason you couldn't find flour at the grocery store. Cause I got really into baking for a while and yep. still doing that a little bit. So, um, yeah, some like some gardening, kind of just fun, fun stuff around the house um,
0: Nice. In, in your in your baking exploits uh, are are we talking like bread baking pastry baking what, what kind of baking
1: where I spend most of my time and, and still doing a little bit today is the the classic sourdough loaf, uh, so mostly bread, mostly bread at least i 'm better at the bread i 've done a bit of the the sweet treats and and trying to learn a little bit about the decorating, but it's it just, uh, the presentation isn't my strong suit. So the flavor might be there. I've, I've got a ways to go in the, in sure.
0: the dessert department. Yeah. I've got, I've got my own sourdough starter and all that. So I definitely feel, I, I actually, <laughs> I, I like anytime I can be a hipster about something. And so, uh, when my son was born actually, so that was six years ago now. So pre pandemic, um, my wife, for my birthday that year, two months after he was born got me a sourdough starter from King Arthur baking. And, uh, amazing. I lapsed, right? Because obviously, like infant and all that, and I I baked for for a little bit, but yeah, then started it back up uh, during the pandemic as well. Because who who doesn't want to do that? What who else are we want... gonna do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got something to to focus on. Um. Anyway, I, I actually yeah, love your site, and I'm sure that when we do shout outs at the end, we'll talk about that. SeanCDavis.com. But one of the things that came up on the little repeating thing you got on your, your homepage is you're afraid of bears and bees. Is that is that a thing, or is that just a funny thing?
1: Oh yeah, it's a it's a funny thing. I mean, I I. I, I love both of them, but also am terrified of both of them. I do, I do, I guess I didn't mention this in the fun thing. I, I really enjoy hiking and, and camping. Haven't done much camping since having little kids. We're going to eventually get them out there, uh, but we do a fair amount of hiking. And so, yeah, I've had a, a number of run-ins with both bears and bees, and it's <laughs> terrifying every time, but I also very much appreciate and respect them for what they do for us.
0: Nice. Yeah. I, I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about the Jamstack. So what was your entry point into this space, into this idea of Jamstack or static sites or whatever it was at the time?
1: It, that's an interesting question because okay, so if you say, yeah, entry point into Jamstack or static sites, if if you broke that apart and said, what's your entry point into Jamstack and what's your entry point into static sites? I have I have two different answers. So I'll I'll tell you a little bit about the like the the journey from one to the other. It's I, I find it kind of interesting. Um, so it, it, static sites were, was the, the first thing before I knew anything about Jamstack. In fact, before Jamstack was coined, cause the, the Jamstack term comes from, I think later in 2015, I believe. Yep. yep. So the, the first agency job I had, we built a few sites with middleman. They were originally a PHP shop. And about the time I joined, we're transitioning into becoming a rails shop. And so Ruby was the bread and butter programming language. And there were a few clients that would come on who didn't want to pay for a CMS or, or just like they needed something real quick and it could be static and, and totally fine. Um, and so we, we were we were building middleman sites, but deploying, deploying them to um, like a, a digital ocean or equivalent, you know, like still running on a web server, still uh, serving up these pages in real time, even though they're just... Uh, html files today like yeah. kind of silly but but there weren't great solid patterns at that time um it, and about that time 2013 or so is also when i started building uh custom content management systems i i built it's a, I, I it evolved and i iterated on it and i think I was looking at this recently, I believe there were four major different versions that I built over the series uh, or course of about three or four years in there. Um, And so I'll come back to that. But as I was, so I was at this first agency working on middleman, I built um, a few middleman sites is uh, when I switched to freelancing. And then at this, at the last agency, also a few middleman sites, it was like middleman kept, kept popping up. When I, was, when I was freelancing there, I actually, that's when I, I built the fourth and final version of that CMS. And at that time, this is probably, I think we're talking about 2016, maybe 20. Yeah, I think I, that seems right, 2016. And so the Jamstack term exists, the term headless CMS exists, but I had no idea that these things were, were things that people were doing. Um, but I had this need. Where I had a client who wanted a, a mobile, a native application, and a um, uh, also a website, and it seemed like a lot of the content was going to overlap. And I was like, "Well, I'm building this next version of a CMS. What should it look like? Maybe it should be able to serve both of these." And so I, I was like, "Oh, brilliant, decoupled architecture! <laughs> like this is this is going to be great." Um, and so that that last CMS I built was um, API driven and. And I believe I believe the website was uh, a middleman site. It 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 may have been some other framework, but st- it was like this Jamstack pattern. But again, still deployed, still using a web server to serve every request. Um, so like missing that that final piece that that Netlify gives us um, in the the CDN and that instant cache invalidation. So fast forward to this last agency, and we're also a Rails shop. Um, and built a few middleman sites, but what happened was, um, well, I think that uh, 2017, I believe the the CTO, late 2017, early 2018, our, our CTO gets wind of uh, the Jamstack, and so this is pre Jamstack Conf. It's still really small, kind of tight knit community, mm-hmm. and um, we we're like, and, and it, everything just kind of aligned because we won this work for a a company. It was going to be building them a new marketing website. It was going to be a fairly big site. But this company also had a product and and an internal product team. And that team had already switched to building that product with React. And so, and we had heard a little bit about Jamstack. We heard about Gatsby and we were like, oh, perfect, perfect time. Gatsby's the cool kid in town. Like we can jump all in on the Jamstack. We think we can reduce development costs over time. You know, uh, all, all the, all the classic, Jamstack benefits, like we can get those. And so we we took a leap, we jumped all in. And um, so that was like that was the real introduction to Jamstack. And I find it, I find it kind of funny looking back on it now because I spent all those years with Jamstack like patterns and using tool like and and middleman was part of all of those. And then we were like, oh, Jamstack, but also switched to JavaScript based frameworks at the same time, which I think a lot of folks went through that pattern. But uh, yeah, but I don't know. It's funny to reflect on.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and like that that kind of journey is is really interesting, like in that agency world, the fact that like you were ha- having to find these patterns on your own. And then this community kind of sprang up. Next to what you were doing, and then oh, look, like we can do those things maybe even slightly better than than kind of where we are now that we see kind of this broader scope and their products out there. Um, so yeah, it's really, really interesting and it kind of mirrors some of my own journey. I was at an agency when I discovered all of this as well, and um, never really implemented it at the agency though. We had a custom, we, we had a full fledged like custom content management system that like the agency had built, so uh, never got a big chance. we did, we did too.
1: I I I don't. It was like it was a compelling enough idea to our CTO that he's like we're throw like we're throwing it all out. We're we're I, we we had a lot of. I mean, you, you know, there's issues with you. You have to maintain your own software, and it's it's another piece of the stack. And he's like that we were just getting bogged down with this site went down, and there's a bug in this CMS. And I think the crux was there was one site where we didn't protect the slash admin route. Like, uh, oh, <laughs> should have done that. And they were like, okay, well, let's, this is a way to never make that mistake again.
0: I, I'm not going to speak for you on this, but uh, but my advice to anyone listening out there is if you think you should build a content management system, don't. don't just, just don't. Don't do it.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know if I, I may have written a post about this at one point, or maybe it was just an idea in my head, but it was going to be, I should I should see if I can find it. It, it. The idea was, here's how you can build a content management system in my journey, and exactly why you shouldn't do it. Like it's it's a I, I and I think the the lesson I have baked in there is, it can be a really powerful experience for learning about content schemas and how to organize pages and components and and like structured data, but it's also just not a good idea to do it because there's, there are how, how many dozens or hundreds of companies that are focusing on that problem every single day.
0: Yeah. And let's be fair to our past selves, right? Like in 2012, 2013, weren't as many companies doing that. True, and, they, and they weren't yes. as fully featured as they are today. Um, I think it's kind of the same thing. A lot of people have probably created their own like custom static site generator in the past. Like, oh, I just made right. a couple includes and stuff like that. Let's just, oh, but we have them now. From from the middleman and Jekyll times all the way through uh, to all the fancy ones today. Let's fast forward to now. How are you using Jamstack philosophies professionally and personally? And obviously, you're at Stackbit, so probably quite a bit professionally nowadays.
1: Yeah, yeah, interesting. So Stackbit is, I mean, if like Netlify is the Jamstack tool, but uh, also when you think Stackbit, like Stackbit is. Exists because the Jamstack ig- exists, and it's, you know, the the Jamstack pattern was really powerful and felt like a great entry point for newer developers. But it it turned out that it was it, it was kind of difficult because it's like you could get started really really kind of simple to get started, really difficult to go to the next level, which requires stitching together all of these decoupled services. And so StackBit pops up originally three years ago as a solution to basically say, well, your start here's a starting point, and it's Netlify and Jekyll and uh, some markdown files or, you know, and some styles, something like that. And it has evolved and, and now is a full-fledged visual editor. What's what's interesting is uh, we're in a transition where we're we're just about to release a new version or the, the beta version of a new version. Um and it's still largely following that pattern. It's a really powerful visual editing experience, um, but the the Jamstack. I feel like Jamstack's kind of in this identity crisis sort of mode, or 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 maybe not. Like figuring out where they where they fit. You know what Jamstack actually means, and knowing that the web is going to continue to evolve. And so, if you, <laughs> depending when when this episode gets released, <laughs> it's like we if we look before this release and what happens after it right now, you go to the website. So pre pre pre-release and like Jamstack is plastered all over it, real big top of the homepage. And I, I'm seeing that this, this language is going to shift a little bit. And so we're still very much Jamstack tool Um, websites are going to get deployed. They're going to be built with next. They're going to be static by default. They're going to be deployed to Netlify Using markdown, so it's like still, it's still very much a Jamstack pattern, um, but I think how we how we talk about that might change a little bit. Uh, that's that's professionally and personally. I mentioned like the the project I'm spending most of the time on now is my personal site. That site is built with 11 and deployed to Netlify and uh, using mark, just local markdown for content. Um, I I've been thinking a lot about like, well, what's the future of this? Uh, for me, I, if I really want to make this a hub and I, I want to make it a content engine and I'm I've, I've thinking, well, okay, well, eventually I'm going to have to go to like a, a next or something like that. But honestly, I, every change that I make, I say, well, okay, well, can I get this done with 11D? And I'm consistently finding that the answer is yes. Like it, it has, there's probably a limit to this some point in my future, but right now, Um, I'm I'm in love with what Eleven D is giving me, and so I've I've kind of have this classic uh, jamstack pattern happening on the side, and and loving that.
0: Perfect, and and I mean I I can go on and on about Eleven D. It is it is kind of where I'm at on a lot of stuff too. And uh, (laughs) uh, Zach Leatherman, the creator of Eleven D, recently just even showed like gated content with Eleven D serverless, and so like the the line is blurring about what Eleven D can and can't do. It used to be pretty solid. Like there was a pretty solid point where like Eleven D didn't serve you anymore. A little little iffy now.
1: I think that the big question for me was oh, there there were two. So one is that I'm I built my own kind of um component system using nunjucks uh short codes and 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 so like have this like these smart transformers that make it nice and easy to work with but it's I mean it's still a little clunky. I would love to be able to use something like a reactor or Svelte and then um, uh, hydrate them on the fly as needed. And fortunately we have Ben Holmes and Slinkity working on that exact problem. So that's really exciting to follow that. And then the second question I had and second hurdle I thought I was going to run into was authentication. I don't need it now, but my plan is to start to build out some courses and some of them will be free and you won't have to track them. And and other ones, you know, I, I feel like, well, down the road, I'm going to want people to, people are going to want to sign in. They're going to want to track their progress. Maybe some of them are paid. And uh, just this last week, a video came out where Zach was going through the process of showing authentication with D. And now I'm like, I, I mean, I, I feel like the wall I'm going to hit now has less to do with features and is probably going to have more to do with uh, how many files can we read from the file system. And But I also think that it's getting smarter in terms of incremental builds. And so maybe I don't hit mm-hmm. that wall. I don't know. I'm going to keep pushing it. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, that that, that wall becomes smaller and further and smaller and further. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. So we, we've talked about a few technologies. We've talked about a few methodologies. Uh, but what would you say currently is your jam in the jam stack? What's your favorite service? Maybe it's Stack, but or your favorite Framework or philosophy? What what makes you love working in the Jamstack?
1: Yeah, let's let talk philosophically for a minute. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I really loved about the Jamstack, um, especially in in the early days of of me discovering it, I'm thinking pre, next JS blowing up. So like 2019 and before, is that it? it to me, it was, it's. Well, it, and still very much this way. Like you, it's a methodology. It's not a prescription. I say this all the time. And there's something really powerful in that. in that, if here's a pattern that we think is a really strong way to build websites. That it it improves the developer experience and it delivers a great experience for end users. Um, but you can use whatever tool you think is best uh, for your particular project. And I what what i've realized is as the web continues to evolve is that there there were more um kind of guardrails on what jamstack is than i originally thought like there there are more opinions baked in than i originally was um was seeing however it's still within, within those guardrails and within that pattern very open and um and not not prescripted in terms of tooling. And I think what that has led to, that even though the community is led by a product in in Netlify, that it's very open in talking about what, what tools you can use in the space. It's really, everyone's really respectful in that space and, and empowering. And so just like the, my favorite part, I like I love the philosophy itself. The community that came out of that philosophy is is uh, like a really a really great thing to be involved in. Um, but I, I think in terms of tooling, yeah, I can't. I mean, <laughs> I, I love Stackbit. It's why it's why I'm yeah. at Stackbit. I think it's a it's a great. Um, I do think it's a great entry point into the Jamstack space, and it it's it's a such a unique tool that it can serve the personal blogger uh especially someone who isn't super technically savvy wants to learn a little development but it can also serve um serve enterprises that, that have hundreds thousands of of pages but are storing those in in uh, contentful or sanity some other headless cms but really I, I keep coming back to eleventy especially there was some news in the last couple of weeks where um Rich Harris, the, the creator of, of Svelte joined, uh, joined Vercel, right? Sell, yeah. And so it's, he gets to work on it full time. It's still community driven, but stall also kind of feels a little bit like funding from Vercel. And with that, I, I don't, okay. I don't know if this is entirely accurate, but it, it I think of, of the group of, um, static site generators or, or front end frameworks, popular front end frameworks today, the, the vast majority of them are funded by, or have some ulterior motive for where they're, they're um, the, the, the people are working for some particular company. And so even though they're open source, they're, I, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that they've done their communities disservices in any way. Yeah. But 11d. What I love about 11d is that it is it for now. I mean, today it's all about the community. It is it is very much driven by the community, and it is. uh, And and I just I love the way that Zach leads that project. It's it's really exciting. And similar to what I said about Stackbit and and what we just mentioned about 11d. It's it's great because you can get started and know if you know HTML, like you can, you're good. You can build a website Mm -hmm. and you, you can just, you can fly. And then you can, you can piece together things a little bit at a time, like learn a little bit of nunjucks or eventually if we have, um, if when, when Slinkity gets to version one, then maybe it's like, maybe you just dip your toes into react and, um, and, and, uh, but that it also seems like it's going to, it's, it's scaling well for a handful of folks. And so it's not like, you learn it as an entry level tool. I think that's, that's where it was for a while, like a great entry level tool. And then, all right, I don't want to build a serious site. So I'm going to go get a serious framework. It's starting to become a serious Mm -hmm. framework and, um, but without necessarily raising the barrier to entry. And I think that's, that's really cool. So it's, yeah, yeah. I, just, I feel like I'm just going to keep talking about Stackbit and D all day.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that, I, that that's a great combo anyway. Um, I also think it's interesting you said, like, you know, uh, Rich, uh, Rich Haynes going to forsell to And I mean, Zach Leatherman's at Netlify, but he's building sites for Netlify. And so I think the interesting thing that's happened there is that he's learned what a company the size of Netlify needs out of some of what it's doing. And mm. that's what's been kind of powering. It's not that... Netlify has been prescribing what eleven D needs, but Zach as a developer using eleven d to build sites for an enterprise level company, now knows more about what what eleven d needs for that area, and I think that's an interesting uh bit of information that he's kind of feeding back into the uh, the eleven d framework yeah, that's a great point absolutely all right so let's let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, let's go away from technology and let's let's find out what is your actual jam right now. What's your favorite song or musician, or what are you listening to day in day out?
1: All right, so I had to, I had to look this up because I am I <laughs> am all over the board in terms of music, and i i haven't haven't been listening to as much recently as, as I have in the past. It, you know, excluding like all the all the Disney soundtracks that are on all sure. the time, kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just to tell you how weird my. Um, my taste in music is I was like, all right, well, what are, what are a few of the uh, what what are a few of the albums that have been on in the last week or two? Okay. So I've had going all the way back to the Beatles revolver. I I, I love that one. Okay. Then what I'm almost, I'm like, chronologically, what have (laughs) I done? Uh, I put on, I put on Jay-Z's black album. I had, uh I forget what it's called. It's Sturgill Simpson had he released a couple um uh bluegrass albums. I think I think they're called Cut and Grass maybe. Is hmm. that Do you know them? I do not know. Okay. <laughs> bluegrass and then uh oh what did I I I've had the newer um Lord and and Taylor Swift albums on as well. So I'm like all, all over over the place, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah.
0: Well that's awesome. That's I mean it's variety is the spice of life, right? <laughs> sure. Yes. Yes. I love that. Now it's kind of open forum, right? Is there anything that you that you are doing right now, you Stackbit, whomever that you want to promote and get out into the Jamstack community?
1: I I mentioned a little bit earlier this this idea of the the Jamstack identity crisis, and I I try to talk about this without sounding um, disparaging or critical because I actually think it's a good thing. And I think, um, there's a lot to, a lot to come in, come from, um, being pr- from the community being introspective and, in, and in figuring out who we are. Um, and so I had, I've had lots of conversations around this topic throughout the year and in, in doing so, what uh, a few of us realized is that the, it you know, I think we, we all kind of have a little bit of different opinion of like, well, where's the line? What exactly does Jamstack mean? But maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't totally matter. But it's still, uh, like, like we talked about earlier. Like, there's still a, there's still that, um, the, the, the guardrails in a, in a sense. Like, it, there, there is an established pattern and a way to build websites. The web is going to continue to evolve, and it won't necessarily be the cool thing on, you know, like the cool kid on the block yeah. uh, forever. But that 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 community can still exist so um what what a few of us have done is we said okay well what if we step outside of that and to say what if we created a space where folks could talk about all sorts of different patterns and ways to build websites and jamstack and all of the tools and and variations within within that community is part of that discussion, but it's not the only part of that discussion. So there's also folks who are building Rails sites and, and are choosing Rails for a good reason or choosing uh full stack WordPress for for a good reason. I'm sure sh- I'm sure there's a good reason in there um, somewhere. Yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, and so it's it's goofy and it's brand new, but it's called the Good Websites Club. Nice. And it's at uh you can visit the uh bare bones website it's goodwebsites.club and so where there's it's it's just a, a tiny discord community with a, a little bit of chatter now but there are there are some grand visions for it there's someone who's talking about uh conference in 22 23 uh maybe some maybe some various meetups throughout there personally i am starting a show that i'm calling the the good websites show and i don't know exactly what it's going to be. It's going to, it, it'll evolve. Um, but it's, it's going to start as a live, just like a live interview show. And, uh, and kind of we'll, we'll talk about, uh, you know, I'll grab various folks from around different communities and, and talk about problems they have solved on the web, all kind of in a way to help inform developers or e- even marketers, content editors, just of, of different, different patterns, different ideas that are out there and kind of kind of help them hone in on, on what exactly they are um, they're going after. And I think we'll see my prediction is we're gonna see it largely be there's there's gonna be this huge uh, if we were to draw a, a Venn diagram, like a, a lot of overlap with the uh, Jamstack in the beginning and maybe it evolves. I, I I don't really know, but that's I'm I'm kind of excited to see where that goes. While also being really heavily invested in Jamstack and seeing how that evolves, because this this recent announcement of uh, Netlify got got um, their next series of funding and they're going to pump ten million dollars in investing in the Jamstack, and that is really exciting. I cannot wait to see what that means for the community. So that's I'm working on, uh, yeah, like <laughs> Good Websites Club, but but um, but also really excited for the Jamstack at the same time.
0: Absolutely. Cool. And I am now a member of the Discord as of two minutes ago. Uh, oh, so really excited to see that. <laughs> um, and Everyone else uh, listening should go uh, go sign up as well and then keep an eye out for Sean doing good website show in the future as well. Um, so Sean, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And we look forward to seeing more amazing stuff from you in the future. All right. Thanks for having me, Brian. Thanks again to our guest. And thanks to everyone out there listening to each new episode if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave a review, rating, star heart, favorite, whatever it is in your podcast app of choice. Until next time, keep doing amazing things on the web and remember, keep things jammy.